<laughs> so welcome everybody to yet another live interview with Become a Fearless Father. For those of you that are going to join us in a second. Uh, yeah, just got off 15 minutes ago. Uh, sorry for being a little late. My youngest one cried and he wanted daddy to brush his teeth. So what are we going to do, right? <laughs> and for some reason, I keep, I keep looking for... Um, Brothers that look exactly the same. <laughs> Going for the haircut. Anyway, I have the pleasure to be accompanied by Dan McPherson. Very much looking forward to it. Now, here's the cool part. Last week, I think it was, I spoke with Dan Zayner. And I just asked him, like, hey, dude, look, I'm just always looking for amazing guys such as you to get on my show. And he's like, Dan McPherson. Like, okay. Talk with him for a little bit. Click and boom, here we are going live. Dan, thank you so much for being on. Really looking forward to the next hour picking your brain. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I, I was excited. Uh, Dan, Dan Zener is a great connector and he's a, uh, he's a wonderful guy. And when he, he yeah. sent a similar message to me and said, you have to talk to this guy. So I was all in. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Looking forward to this. So let's start off with the first question. After that, we're going to dive a little bit more into who's Dan McPherson, but I got a question, man, because you're all about leaders, right? Leader must lead. Uh, but what makes a leader? I, you know, there are probably a thousand different answers to that question if you ask a thousand mm. different people. For me, I start at a very important core, and it's one of the taglines that I use pretty frequently, which is that people matter most. I find that a lot of people in the world focus upon tasks and the people sort of come secondary, right? That they, the, and they uh -huh. tend to be more managerial focused. I believe that leadership focuses upon people who do the tasks so that all the stuff still gets done, but your focus is entirely different. And when I have worked with various teams, one of the things that I tell all of them, including my current team, is that, I, is that while I could have a several page job description in some cases, it really comes down to only one line. If I do everything I can to help my team win, a lot of the rest will take care of itself. So truly being all about the people. I like that. That was a good question to, to start off with. Great answer. I mean, sorry, my question doesn't matter anything. <laughs> your, your answer was absolutely great. So let's go into a little bit like, you know, who's Dan? Um, you share a little bit of your background story. And of course, you're always interested in, in family setup. Let me share. I hope that's okay with you. I put this in the banner and the comment section so people can click to it. This is your Facebook page, right? Yep, that's the business Facebook page, and people can follow there. You'll see some good stuff. We're launching a new group called Dreams Are Real in the next day or so. So that'll be – and it'll be off of that page. So everyone who sees one will see the other. It'll be great. Nice, 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 nice. So, yeah, man, share with us your, your background story, please. Yeah, thank you very much. I So I, I one of the things that I am – I guess known for saying, but that I believe to my core is that when you when you think about life and you listen to so many people talking about their circumstances and their struggles, there there are two paths that people take with that. And I believe that I am living evidence that your environment, the people that you're around, the places that you are, may exert influence, but it's our choices that truly create change. So I I grew up. Uh, it, it less challenging than many, but more challenging than I than uh, I might have liked, and it's it's led to a great story. I don't know that I would, looking back, that I would necessarily trade any of it, even though it was really difficult, but that it has made me who I am. So I grew up 
not with a lot of money. I, I a couple of the highlights that uh, I was I was actually hidden from my father for six years when I was younger. My my mother uh, then brought us back to town where my father was reconnected, and I at that point in time we we had no money. She sold herself to help us have food to eat, and then she remarried, and I was involved with family that were that had drugs and prostitution and murder and all sorts of fun stuff like that, and and it uh, it really gave me an opportunity to show that choices are what matter. At, then after that, I went into the I went to college. I was really the the first one in my family to to go and attend college. I attended the University of Michigan, go blue, and uh, I I can't uh, can't help that. We've got a nice worldwide uh, worldwide alumni, and I, I love my school. I still live here in Ann Arbor, uh, mm -hmm. and and then I, I worked. I did I did a lot of work stuff. I, I worked everywhere from frontline. I did sales, straight commission sales. I helped hundreds of people make six figures selling. I then went into regional and or district and regional management and, and, and continued climbing the corporate ladder until I got to a spot where I said, I need to help people. And I resigned from it all and started my company. Nice, 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 nice. I like that. Um, and the family setup. Yes. So my family, my son is my is my lifeblood, man. My my son Bryce is amazing. He turned 16 a couple of days ago. He brings joy yep. into my world. <laughs> and uh and yeah, so I that and I've been married for now what oh I have to get this right, right? <laughs> 22 years. So it's, uh, so to me yeah. to me it doesn't matter, but I'm sure that you know what? <laughs> Well, right. You got it right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I got it right. Nine, Ninety-seven to now. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm all set. All right. All right. Cool. cool. Yeah. I don't want to get you in trouble now. <laughs> right. We can always cut this off. She's not. Looking <laughs> <right>. <laughs> exactly. Awesome, man. I appreciate twenty-two, man. That's awesome. Um, that's great. Let Let's continue because I I love to hear more about leading and leaders. I think it's important. So we're gonna dive into that step by step i hope i do the step right let's first man um because what i've seen and what i hear a lot is like dads must lead like you know the dad is the leader in the house is that still true so i i made that into an open question saying okay so who must lead right who must be the leader so who who is that up to so, it, you know, it's interesting that you say that because a conversation I have with many that I connect with and certainly with all of my clients and, and even when I speak is this idea that every single person is a leader. It's sort of it's sort of like this idea that every interaction is a sale. So we're all salespeople. The only thing that we determine is how good we're going to be at it. The same thing is true is that we're all leaders. Our, our kids, if we take it into the family, as you're as you're talking about there, my mm -hmm. son copies what I do. He not only does he not only does he copy sometimes what I say, but he certainly copies what I do and he copies what he sees me do elsewhere and what he sees me live out. So all of us in that are leaders by our example, by our actions, and maybe most importantly, by our choices. Mm -hmm. Yup, I like that. That makes definite sense. And that means then it's no longer the dad is a leader in the house, it's just not uh, the parents are the leaders in the house, right? I think the kids are leaders too. And that's one of the things I've, I've built into my son. When he was, I wanna say 
12, we listened to the book Extreme Ownership together, which is one of the books I like by Jocko Willing. And and we went through that together. And we, we, we've been talking about leadership since he was seven or eight and about how his actions are leaders among his peers. His actions are, are leadership to his parents. His actions are leadership in the world. You never know who's watching. And even if nobody's watching, you're leading yourself. Exactly, exactly. So how can I, as a parent, because I, I find that a very interesting topic and very important because I would I want my kids to be leaders. I'm the right kind of leader, let's say like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I keep I keep already the six and three, so I already keep dropping hints. <laughs> right. But I'm trying to make sure that they understand that they don't have to follow anybody if they do stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. But they should show everybody what the right direction is doing things. My my six year old, he's, he, I, I see things in him now. I'm like, that is nice. <laughs> I like that, right? right? Like, especially with his little brother, he's like. Don't don't yell, don't scream, don't hit. You know, it's not nice. Mm -hmm. And then he really tries to prove how to show. But how can I make sure that I teach my kids to become the right kind of leader that is necessary in this world? And not just when they're because that's one of the things that I've noticed that we as adults do a lot. Like, right. Ask the question, what do you want to be when you're an adult? Mm -hmm. Like, I want them to be the kind of leaders that his classmates, his friends need now, right? Not when he's yes. 18. Yes. Right? I, I completely agree. And just to, to touch on something that's important, I think what, I think a couple of thoughts that are crucial here. First is that leadership, in my mind, is, when done well, is very heart-centered. And I can hear that in, in your voice and, and just in how you reference your, your kids in that relationship. And that alone makes a huge impact in the world. Well, I was, I, I love the joys of Facebook memories. Maybe not all of them, but this week one came up from, I want to say it was seven or eight years ago. And I went and shared it with my son and he rolled his eyes because he's 16 and that was going to happen. But I thought it was very sweet, which was that it was six or seven years ago. He and I had went to the store that's next to our house and unbeknownst to me, he had brought some of his money out of his out of his piggy bank. And I mean, he was he was what, 10, 11 years old at the time. He had brought some money out of his piggy bank. And I said, what are you doing? He said, you know, mom's mom's had a little bit of a, a it's been a little bit sad today. And I and uh, the, the flower, there weren't any flowers in the house. So I wanted to get some flowers for her to cheer her up because that's how we help change people. And. I just that action of gen I'm like I'm tearing up talking about it. That action of yeah. generosity, that mindset of just being about other people is something that that becomes when it is seen. Now the second thought that that I would add that I think is really important here, and it may sound a little counterintuitive, is that structure drives behavior. I believe this pretty passionately. So structure how what what we create around them I, I like to use the term tent poles in in a life how we corral the chaos and where we guide them toward will set them up to behave in a certain way but also to use jocko willink's quote discipline cre discipline creates freedom right so that if i if i give them the structure and the support and the model that is right they will have the freedom to express it in their own way and to live as that leader now. The last point, I, I said there were two, but there's third. I think this is I think this is equally important to the others, which is that I've never treated my son like he was a like he like he was a baby or a little kid. Not that I didn't give him the, the benefit of living in that time, 
I, I, I grew up too fast in some ways and I didn't want to push mm-hmm. them, push him that way. But I've always treated him with the respect that I would treat a person, which means that I did I discussed the difficult things with him. We talk about what's happening in the world and around him and we do it in an age appropriate level, but we've never shied away from involving him and allowing him to make real decisions at an early age in an appropriate environment. I like that. I love that. And you got you got me so many <laughs> so many more questions that I want to talk about. Let, Bring it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So let's talk about discipline because I am struggling with my three-year-old. Like really not okay. I, I, I mean, lived in that world. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's it's not like people are listening to me right now and I'm struggling. I'm like, oh no, no, no. It's not it's not like the end of the world. It's just <laughs> Dude, man, he just does not want to listen. He's like a little rascal, right? And I'm right. used to my six-year-old where it's like, okay, buddy, <laughs> go, you know what to do now. Go brush your teeth, put on your pajama, you know, get yourself ready. And then we do some bedtime story, right? It's like he comes back. He's all ready. He even goes like, oh, you know, smell my breath. I've done everything, you know, great. There's discipline there, right? I love it. And then my five-year-old comes back, and he does the same thing. Like he will wear his pajama, and he goes, Man, he hasn't touched. <laughs> it's like, dude, why do you do the same thing to your brother? That's why you know you haven't brushed your teeth. Go brush your teeth. He comes back. He still hasn't done it. It's like, dude, where's, where's, what happened here? Where did I go wrong? <laughs> right? So it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to do the same route as what he's done with my six-year-old, which is probably my mistake, right? Because any kid is different. But it's like, how can I make sure that – both of them stay disciplined in their own in their own way, right? They have, I know they have to find their own direction. So can you share some tips on what's a good way to make sure that they walk that route of discipline? Well, I, I think one thing you said at the end is really important, and that is that they're different people. Right. If you think about a team that you would lead, and I, I've, I've led teams of a couple people and I've led teams of a couple thousand people. Wow. And one of the lessons that I learned a little later than I would like, but still a while ago, is that different people respond to different leadership styles and yep. that, that leaders who have one leadership style tend to get stuck in their career at some point. They hit that they hit that limit. But leaders who learn to connect with and utilize different leadership styles will work well my challenge and now i I have have one child so i might not even be the best example of this but i I can say that i i have a a little bit of a different challenge we discovered when my son was in first grade that he's autistic and we always knew that things were a little different and i was completely ignorant of the special needs world and i have i've come full circle on that and, and have a lot of an awareness but it has it has really taught me to look at things in a in a more objective standpoint and to step back mm-hmm. and look because his his thought processes, his mind, not just in a little bit, but literally works completely different than mine does. So yeah. I, I have to understand how that is, understand how to connect with that and work through those challenges with him. A, a second thought is this, that we there's a quote that I like that I saw recently and it and it connects to uh, it connects to a behavior. The quote is that we judge each other, we judge other people by their actions, but ourselves by our intent. And part of that 
becomes this standard where we assume that we should share something with someone once or twice and they should get it or in the same way and they should get it but that when we learn something we generally on average will have to have to receive it about eight times before we get it whether it's written or visual or or kinetic however it may be we have to get something eight times before we practice it or when we're a little kid maybe more think of how long it took you to tie your shoes or ride a bike and i find for me as a parent that that patience of having to go through something a thousand times is difficult to say the least and my son just got his driver's license so i'm really feeling that pain right now <laughs> oh snap <laughs> text messages around the neighborhood <laughs> oh man <laughs> he's getting behind the wheel duck <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> man i i'm glad you brought that up because that comes with my next challenge which is like what you just said like patience right my six-year-old is learning Okay, no, he's not. We're in the process of him learning how to read. And right. he has to because next year, apparently, they go really fast and he has to read. And I, he's struggling, but I am struggling way more. And that's the thing. So I'm glad you shared that, saying, like, okay, we judge people by the actions, but, uh, you know, ourselves by our intent. Like, we actually need eight, ten times to get something. However, we expect him, like, Dude, I, I just, I just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just right. read this for you. Like, we did just this. Like, right. How do you not have that? <laughs> like, we're here, right? It's like monkey. He can read mon and he can read key. Yep. But as soon as he has to put it together, it just comes out. It's like, I'm like, how is this possible? You just monkey, monkey. <laughs> Why can't you just say monkey? <laughs> And there's a certain point, and he hears that in my voice, right? That impatience is like, at a certain point. It's like, dude, I, I don't, I don't get it. But you're absolutely yeah. right. I, I mean, it's, it's tough, I'm, and it's also mm. tough if they have a learning style that is polar opposite of. I know how I would go learn something, and then I go to I go to teach my son, and I have to remember that is not how he learns. I like have to turn the channel mm. and connect, and, and sometimes I'll have to throw out three or four different methods. Yeah. to see which one he can grab for that particular thing. And that is not, that's not natural for anybody, I think. It's certainly mm -hmm. not natural for me. But it, when it's conscious, you can step back and go, okay, it can be, oh, that method didn't work instead of, why didn't that method work? Which is yeah. my natural instinct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I think everybody is, right? Yeah, right. It's something that we're working with. I found a new cool method. He likes it again. So we're doing again. And now it's with, with clapping, right? Okay, so nice. You're making a game of it, right? Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. So that's, it's interesting that you say that because that's, we 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 tested a hundred things when, when Bryce was younger, trying to figure out exactly how to, how to get him through different areas. And we had to teach him some things that nobody thinks to teach. Like we had to teach him literally like what a smile means. We had yeah. to teach it because that's, because a lot of a lot of kids on the spectrum don't understand how to process emotion, so they could see a smile and not know that means you're happy. And we had we had to work through that. And, you're, and I'm sitting there like, how do I do that? 
right? Yep. <laughs> I have no idea. What we found is two things worked really, ended up working really well for us. One was games, gamification, right? Trying to mm -hmm. trying to turn it into turn it into some form of a game. The second is creating some form of a reward system that worked for him. And it's interesting because for him, penalty systems never worked. There's this there's this story that. I'm not I'm not thrilled about but it makes a, it makes a pretty valid point. It, you know most most schools are run by well if you don't do this you don't get this. They're they're run from the negative, right? So mm -hmm. of course that's that's our society. So when when Bryce was younger, it worked with our friends kids. We thought, "Hey, that'll work for us." So, "Hey, look, if you don't behave, you're going to you're going to lose this. You're going to lose this." At one point, Bryce was sitting in his room and it, it, he was pretty he was pretty small. He was sitting in his room. He didn't even have his bed. He was literally sitting in the middle of his room like, you have lost everything. You have a blanket and a pillow on the floor. Like, that's what you – and, again, this was desperation, This and this was a moment. That sounds horrible. But, like, we were we were just like, we have no idea. And it was it was bad incidents. And he would be really upset for, like, two minutes, and then he'd sit there and be just like, oh, okay, and I'm going to smile and laugh and entertain myself. And there was nothing that worked that was to the negative. So we flipped it around, and – and found the right motivation to the positive that worked for him and found the right incentive. And that was tough too. We tried through 20 or 30 different types of incentives until we found one that, that really connected with him. And, and strangely enough, do you know how we found it? We asked him. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we were we were like, look, what are you excited about? What do you what do you want in the world? And and it was it didn't have to be complicated. It could be, it could be a sticker, it could be whatever. We also had to recognize that what excited him changed. Three days later, that same reward wasn't the right thing, but the reward mechanism worked. So we started like, we'll do this reward for a whole summer. Well, three weeks in, in his mind, he, that reward no longer worked. So we yep. had to, we switched it, but the reward mechanism did. And now everything that we did was about the positive. I'd love to tell you that solved 100% of the problems, but it did solve 75% of them. Exactly, exactly. I like that. Yeah, I need to get back to the stickers. He loves the stickers, right? <laughs> For some reason, like on the hand, doesn't cut it. No, he has to put it right on his forehead and show everybody. Here's a like, here's a here's another thing that you can do right with that. I think the I think this forehead he does now. At least he's not putting it on your forehead. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Oh, see, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, man. I've been yeah. all dressed up in stickers. <laughs> I've been all dressed up in stickers. Another thing that I've done with him as he's gotten older, so this may or may not be as good for you right now, but that I found really cool and really helpful. And it also, speaking of Dan Zener from before, it spurs adventure in our lives, is that he and I will make, uh, we update every few months, we update his his bucket list. Not not so much as, as dreary as maybe older people might be of like, what do you want to do before you die? But more yeah. of, but more of what are things that you've always wanted to try? What are things you want to do? And they can be big or small. And then every month we commit to accomplishing one of those things. And we've done it now for more than a year in a row. Every month, he ever so so twelve months in a row, we have we have every month knocked something off that list. And some of them were really small, right? Like they were go down, go sledding down a big hill, get on ice skates. You know, they were pretty small. Some of them have been bigger. One he accomplished uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, which was ride a jet ski and drive a jet ski for the first time. And oh, right. And and there and there have been a couple that have been go other places. Right now, the, the one that he's aiming at next is to go and play airsoft or paintball. And just just having that thing, which also gives us a shared 
time and mm -hmm. is and is wonderful has helped. So that and then the last thing with that that I've found really helped, and this is this may seem out of left field, but it changed everything in our lives, was doing martial arts with my son. And I think Dan would support that having having yeah, done yeah, the same yeah, thing recently. My yeah. my son and I, when he was 10. We started martial arts together. We started Taekwondo, and we've gone all the way all the way through to this point. We still do it together. Uh, we've also done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and mm. that has changed both. Our, it has supported our relationship, but it changed our lives. And that and that level of respect and thought and structure and discipline changed how he learned everything else. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. My my both my kids are doing karate. Awesome. After school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are so, you doing it with them? No, I can't. Okay, it's for, all right. It's for your kids. They won't let us. Uh, I, okay, gotcha. Right? That's why I was so cool when we were talking to Dan. I was like, really? You got a class we actually do it together? I mean, yep. that's a whole different ball game, though, for for a, for a teacher as well, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. It's so, a, an entirely different scenario. And Well, mm -hmm. you look at, like, we do jujitsu together as well, but we're not in the same class. Well, now we could be because now he's stronger and bigger than yeah. I am. But but so he's with the adults now. But when he was younger, he would be in, like, the, he, he'd go, his class would be, like, next to mine, right? But, mm -hmm. but, it, but at Taekwondo, we've been in the same class for a lot of the time. There were a couple of years where he would be in the younger kids' classes, but we were there at the same time. And, but we started and went through all the same challenges. We got our black belts together. We're, we're, nice. we're getting close to our second degree black belts together. And we that'll be in the in the spring, hopefully. And we're just really, I've been really honored to spend that time with my son and to, to watch him develop and to have those moments. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely, uh, I can absolutely understand that. I I, I practiced um, uh, Muay Thai. I actually had a business nice. online business. Um, so I was thinking at one point that we do, we do all that together. We 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 might pick it up, but well, I maybe want you to, will later, right? Yeah, karate I've never done, but I was actually talking to the teacher because I really enjoy that teacher. It's an older man, right? He's actually been teaching at the school for so long that he now has kids that he taught their fathers at that school as well. Which we says have the same, we have the same thing. Our uh, our grandmaster who actually is getting ready to promote to ninth degree black belt. Uh, in in just a in just a month, he uh, he has had this school for over forty years. Wow! See, that's 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 a nice sign. That's the kind of guy that I would like to teach my kids, and then I'll teach myself as well, right? Because then you know, it's like this person has the experience to teach my kids, and he has the old way. Because now a lot, what I see with the young guys, they can't control the kids at all, right? right? And yep. with this guy, it's just like. Because I we had problems at school, and I went to him with the youngest one, like biting and kicking and punching. Right. And I went to him, and I'm like, "Look, did these? This is what the teachers are saying." And I was wondering how is that in your class? He's like, mm, "I don't have that problem with him at all, but I keep him like this. Right. Like there's discipline there, right? Right. I'm like, see, that's that's what I like. So I love the fact that you're doing that as well. I think it's great advice for others that are struggling with their kids to just say, "Look, let's let's do it." Let's do a martial arts together. It doesn't even it, matter what it is, right? No, it really doesn't. And and interestingly, when we started martial arts, some of our friends who'd been doing it, who I'd known for a long time, encouraged us to come. But mm. part of the reason we started it is because Bryce was struggling greatly with frustration tantrums at school and was having eight aggressive incidents a day wow. at, school, at school, which mm. obviously didn't go over very well. Yeah. With, within a month, 
and this is more dramatic than for many, but within a month of starting, it, that number had gone to zero. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's the impact. Oh. Right there. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of people think that if you start doing that, those eight accidents or incidents won't be eight anymore. There'll be four, but there'll be four like bigger ones, right? Because now, yeah, yeah, yeah. those points in the kick. Yeah. And it, it actually goes the complete other direction. So, yeah. Well, I love that. You know, it's, it's like one of the things that, that we say, and I believe very strongly, is that the more, it, it, as long as you're in the right place, in the right school, right? As long as you're, mm -hmm. not, in it, as long as you're not in a bad place, the right. more that you learn of martial arts, the less likely that you are to ever be in a fight, right? Yep. Because what do we say? If for us, we say rule number one is don't be in the situation. Rule number two is if you're in the situation, leave it. And rule number three is get home safe to your family, right? But but it's but it you take society and society flips those around and is like I'm going to be aggressive first. And and the more that you learn in martial arts, the more that you gain the perspective that this is ridiculous. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump into the drama. Exactly that, and I I always used to because I used to teach Muay Thai as well, and I was used to teach oh, great. saying that look, you might want to go into that, but trust me, there will be one day that you will come across somebody that will definitely be stronger, better, hundred percent, <laughs> or he'll just be smarter and just go clack clack. What do you want right. now? And you right. start bang bang, and then it's just done. So yep. yeah, or they get lucky, right? I mean, you can have all the training in the world, and lucky hits happen too. We've seen that. Yep, absolutely. So just get out. Just stay. I take the risk. There's there's nothing that there's really nothing that's worth that risk, right? There are moments where you have no choice, but if you have a choice, why are you going to put yourself in that situation? I would rather look forward to the next 30, 40 years with my family. Mm, true that. Absolutely, by far. <laughs> no, absolutely. Great, I really appreciate that. Um, so what we, we've been talking about leadership, right? Um, martial art also being one of the great pillars or adding to be a great leader, right? Um, but for those people that are sitting there like, okay, okay, I know I must be a leader, right? Mm -hmm. And but it is like, but I have no idea. Where do I start? How do I become a, a true leader? Can you shine some light on that? Yeah, I, I think that I, when I talk about I, I, I do a lot of training for new leaders or for people who are who are accepting that they've been a leader for a while and want to become better at it. Maybe is a better way to put is a better way to put that. Yeah. And we, we call that the essentials of leadership. And I, I, I think there are a few things that that jump out as a hallmark. One is to look and ask, what are my behaviors? Do a self-assessment of, of where I am now and understand what those behaviors are that are poor, expected, exceptional. We, we actually do a, a, this is part of our workshop where we go through a worksheet together and do that evaluation to determine what steps we might need to make. But even more fundamentally than that, it's it's stepping back and saying, what is my purpose? Where where am I trying to go? What am I trying to accomplish? What do I want to be known for in the world? And once I do, it's easier to make decisions about how to go forward. There are basic things. I, I believe that leaders are learners. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of mm -hmm. podcasts, like listening to you and listening to <laughs> other other great podcasts that are out there. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of reading. Every day I follow 
three practices, gratitude, growth, and exercise. And those are tent poles around me. And, the, and I find that if I live in gratitude, I focus upon growth and I, and, I, and I continue to improve myself and stay balanced and learn how to regulate my emotions and my perspective, that that's good because I'm always going forward. I think mm-hmm. another thing for a leader, as someone's as someone's trying to become a better leader, is to recognize that you're that consistency trumps intensity. That you're you're not going to go from zero to one hundred in one day. And if you try, it's kind of like going to the gym for sixteen hours and working out sixteen hours straight. You're just going to break yourself. But if you work out for a half hour for thirty two days in a row, you're going to see notable improvement. And recognizing that while your eagerness and your your excitement may be high at the beginning, that you should make a plan that will allow for consistent growth. And then I'm always I, I I'm a hundred percent suggesting that everyone find their mentor or their coach. I have coaches that I rely upon greatly. I have people that I learn from and go to that are objective, that are sometimes going to kick my butt, that are going to that are going to that are going to help me get to where I want to go, but I find the right coach. And then as contrary as it may seem, even early, I like to be I like to encourage people to be a mentor because if you train something, you learn it. Mhm. Yo, yeah, I like that last one especially. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to refocus myself as into I'm not just learning for myself. I'm learning for my kids, right? right. In the, as dads, uh, we are uh, teachers, right? Right. If I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we right. We we are. Um, and 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 I'm a coach. Like I, I teach, I coach Dapner. So um, I'm I'm now really having to like okay. I'm reading not just for me. I'm reading to actually teach. But it helps me so much, right? Yeah. It actually makes me learn things like three times is better because you're learning first to learn, then you're learning like, okay, how can I communicate this to somebody else? But then while you communicate, and that's why I love teaching white eyes because all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I know why I but why actually am I doing it this way? And you, you just, you know, you really start to get the technique, so you're really starting to get the whatever it is, like uh, the the marketing thing right yeah oh yeah little russell brunson fun yeah yeah yeah. i'm reading him to death at the moment and and taking action on it so i love that stuff so that's that's great for for you to share and and at the end if we have time still well i want to hear your top three books that you can share with the dapners we'll we'll come to that at the end Uh, but that's great advice on how to become and take those first steps right yeah um one of the things I want to talk to you about as well that I found very important and, and that's now that we're on, it's really shown like building a relationship is like, for me, it's like fundamental and it's becoming more and more important. And I just want to hear from you, um, you know, what's your philosophy on um, relationships, on the word relationship? I think that is a fantastic question. I'm not sure I've ever been asked it in quite that way, and I love <laughs> and I love it with the fiber of my being. I, I, I am confident I will steal it. <laughs> I uh, so I, what was that? Steal it, steal away. <laughs> I appreciate that. I will always give you credit for it, though. I, uh, I I so what I believe is this. I believe that that just like in business, life is about performance and relationships and relationships are foundational to everything. 
I, as I mentioned earlier, one of my, my common taglines and hashtags is people matter most right along with dreams are real. These are two things that I, that I believe a lot. And I, as I go through the, as I go through the world, one of the things that I recognize is that every single person has incredible value. And if you'll, if you'll allow me, I'd like to share just a brief example that I share from when I, when I speak very commonly. It, so if you, if you think about and this this just undergirds what I why I believe so passionately in relationships. So if you think about a bottle of water, so that you go and you go into the store, and I and I'll and I'll often ask the audience, I'll say, would, if you went into a store and you saw this bottle of water, and would you and someone said, would you pay me a thousand dollars U.S. for that? They say absolutely not, right? They know that in the in the U.S. that's probably even even individually it's probably a dollar bottle of water. And mm -hmm. I ask them, would you ever pay? Uh, would you ever pay a thousand dollars for that? And they go, no, 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 no. And then I show them the second half of the slide, which is a picture of a person dying in the desert. And I ask them, would you, if you had been in the desert dying for the last four days, would you pay a thousand dollars for a bottle of water? And of course, they all stand up and say yes. They kind of they start to get it. And for the longest time, as I shared this, that was a point that I about what I teach in sales that that value is only only relates to or rather that price is irrelevant in the face of surpassing value. But what I've recognized is there's a much deeper and much more far more important message that comes from this, which is that each individual person, their experiences, their life, their moments, their connection is as the water to someone dying in the desert. That is the value that we bring into the world. And I have a hunger to connect with that value. If I treat everyone, I, I don't care what position people have. We're all, we're all people. We all, have a, we all have our own incredible and unique value. We may play different roles in a business or in a societal structure, but that doesn't change our relative value. So if, if I can help people understand, and if I recognize that they have this intrinsic value, that they are water to people dying in the desert, then the truth is relationships will happen very naturally because I'm going to be driven and, and hungry to understand that, to gain some of that water myself. Mm, I like that. <laughs> I, I like that and the way of you explaining that. And, and yes, absolutely. Um, people might say, nah, that's worth five cents to me, but then you put it into a completely different context of people like, oh yeah, man, I would easily gladly pay you 500 bucks for it or a thousand or maybe even 10,000, right? Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I use that with my clients when they're, so I work with a lot of creatives, right? Creatives uh -huh. and entrepreneurs, particularly women entrepreneurs. And in many cases, when I start, they struggle to understand their own value or one of the challenges they have is charging for what they do. And we use this to highlight that if you're the water to someone dying in the desert, you have real value and what you're providing has real value and it bridges into their understanding of self-worth. And while parenting is, is, not my, is not my focus, I'm passionate about parenting and I mm -hmm. love what you're doing in the world. And I love that you, are, that you are bridging out and speaking to thousands of people about such an important topic. And I think the same is, is true as a parent. Our kids are so thirsty for that, for that water, right? We yep. are the water to them. And to do that, we, we should focus upon giving that value, but also understand that it has value so that we make intentional instead of reactive choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
I like that. Um, one of the things that I noticed um, talking about relationships, I saw a picture of you um, and it said a sign Freedom Summit, but <laughs> yes. I somewhere in the Philippines even, right? Uh, it was the Philippines. We actually were in five countries. We started, okay. this started in the Philippines. I was very fortunate to be part of a group called Freedom Summit Global. And in fact, since that trip have, have become, uh, have uh, become responsible for the board for Freedom Summit and its relaunch coming up. But this was, uh, this was a trip that I was on two months ago. And we did, we were in five countries in just a few weeks speaking about bringing freedom to people's lives, freedom of mindset, which is a lot of my focus, freedom of finance, freedom of location. It was focused in many ways towards digital nomads, those who want to travel and make money while they do. But it, it really spoke to freedom at every level for the people that, that we connected with. And it was, it was a wonderful thing to speak at. Nice. Yeah, I saw that. I was, I was wondering if you could share a little bit what that what that was all about. Um, so is, is that is that like, um, how do you call that? Um, like helping people um, that are less fortunate or is it, um, I can't come up with the word, how you call such an organization. Um, is it a what, nonprofit? Is that what you nonprofit. mean? Thank you. Is it a nonprofit organization? Or what's what's the intention? What are you, what are you guys trying to achieve with, um, so th that particular tour, our goal was to go and and these were in this case free events. It is it, the the new version is a for profit company, but very people focused. I believe that when people start a company or when people work in life, that they tend to either be money first or people first, and which one they choose makes a monstrous difference in their yep. results and their connections. We are always people first first, but one of the things I share with my clients is that if you focus upon the people. They'll start by saying, if you focus on the money, you'll make money, but it'll be hollow. If you focus on the people, you'll never make money. And I say that's not true. If you mm -hmm. focus upon the people and doing everything you can to help them, but you also do it strategically, money is actually the natural outflow of that. And that gets missed by so many creatives and entrepreneurs because they think I have to be about one or the other. And I, I think that's ridiculous. However, if you don't do so in a strategic way, you won't get there. And if you do, you will naturally get there. And mm -hmm. I would say the same is true with Freedom Summit. We are incredibly focused upon the people, the difference we can make in the world. We, as everything that we did, we we also worked in, we worked to give back to the communities. So in, in the Philippines, in Manila, we traveled to an area called Smoky Mountain, which is it is literally a mountain of garbage that these homeless kids live in and they walk, they run barefoot over broken glass. It is, you, you, you figure that the Philippines, which is an amazing country and the most welcoming people you will ever meet. And I've developed a huge passion for them. The, that, that it is a developing country. Manila has a lot of poverty. The most poverty stricken place within Manila and within the Philippines is in Smoky Mountain. And so we went there and delivered supplies and helped and connected with these kids. And that was part of Freedom Summit. That's part of, that's part of the movement of, of anything we do. We want to be able to give back. We also want to take people who are looking to make a career or to change their career or to find freedom and become, become profitable and make money while they're traveling or make money while they have the lifestyle that they want and to help them 
with the strategies and the tools to find that freedom. We had 50 different speakers and some, some of the best speakers in the world, some really amazing people that we traveled with. And this was originally the brainchild of a gentleman by the name of Ricky Shetty, who's traveled to over 80 countries in the world and had done a lot of great things. It, now the CEO is now Celia <clears throat> Alamo Jacob, I believe is her last name. I can't believe I'm blanking, but she's who's a wonderful woman with a great story in the Philippines herself. And mm. it is it is the heart is what matters. But we travel and share about freedom. And in my case, I was sharing what had become one of the key messages that I share around the world, which is this idea that dreams are real. And mm -hmm. I'm starting a group with that. I'm, I, my podcast is named that. So it's become significant. But I, I share a lot about the, the reasons that keep us from our dreams, how to overcome that, and how to, uh, how to get past our own internal demons, which I, I have named Harold. I actually have a, I have a little representative of that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, and he and our, our the voices in our head they get pretty scary and so he changes to get scary uh, and there's and we talked about like naming that voice and and being able to say shut up Harold and and getting past our own demons to find real success in our lives exactly exactly so let me ask you because what you mentioned is very powerful saying like so many of us we believe it's a it, it's Either one or the other, right? You right. either make a lot of money or you're focusing on the people and you just that all poor. And you're saying, and that's absolutely true, you know, you can have both, right? Um, and as as long as you are strategic, right? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Can you share a little bit of how does somebody that is focusing on the people, what does he need to be focusing on to to have that strategical mind or that strategical system or setup, whatever you want to call it, to make sure that, because you need the money in the end. I mean, we, you can give, 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 but if there's no job that's <laughs> going to be giving for you. I can give uh, everything today, but if I don't get anything, I won't be here next week to give more. Right? <laughs> that's exactly. So how does one make sure that they put people first in such a strategical way that they can continue doing this for the rest of their lives, right? Because that's that's yeah. that's the aim, correct? That that is that, and that's been my focus. That's how why I jumped off the cliff and and built an airplane on the way down for me for my company. Was, exactly. And I had to figure that out. I, I I would love to say I had all those all those pieces of of how to do that sorted out before I jumped off the cliff. Not so mm. much. I've learned a lot of painful lessons as I bounced off the edges <laughs> on the way down. Exactly. But, but I I am ecstatic to be flying. And when I begin working with clients or I work with people in my mastermind, the first thing that I point them to is a question that will event, will initially drive them nuts and will eventually inspire and finally allow them to make decisions in their lives that are strategic. And that is asking this core question, what is your North Star? And I, I always capitalize North and Star. It is what do you want to be known for? What are you truly aiming at? And we do this exercise where I'll ask why about a thousand times, right? Oh, I want to make this amount of money. Well, why? Well, I want to have freedom. What kind of freedom? Why do you want to have that? What are you trying to get to with that? Until we get to the core, not the, not the solar system, not the constellation, to the star 
that they are aiming at. Because once they do, they can solve one of the biggest problems that almost anyone has as they go into business or as they try to go out and help people, which is this difficulty of choice. And the, the reason that there's this difficulty of choice is because most people, 99% that I encounter, they work from what I would call the ground up. Meaning they say, I want to do what I'm passionate about. I want to do what I care about. I want to do what makes me happy. And that's all good. I, I want to be clear. I help people do that. I help people work within their passion. That's, that's my career. So I believe that. But there's a problem with it. When we're doing that and we're doing it from the ground up and someone comes to us and offers us something, we don't know whether to say yes or not because we have a hundred choices and it's really hard to decide what to do. And we're just kind of going from our gut and what feels right. And that leads to stress and overwhelm and shutdown and rebirth and this whole process that is incredibly draining and often very draining on finances as well. So mm -hmm. I work to help people find that North star as one of the very first steps in working together. And once they do, now they can implement this simple decision filter of two questions that allow them to be able to decide what is it that will really make that happen. And those, those two questions are, they're really, they really are very simple. And once you have your North star, it becomes this, it's a, the, the first question is, I, so I'll say one instead of A. But one is, does whatever I'm considering, do, does whatever I am considering, whatever task, whatever option, whatever it is, does it move me closer to my North Star or further away? And if it moves me further away, then it has to go away, even if it's something that I like. And then secondly, if it does move me closer to my North Star, is there anything else that moves me further faster? And if there's something else that moves me further faster, if there's not, then I do this. But if there is something that moves me further faster, then what I do is I take this item that I was considering that does move me in the right direction, but not faster than everything else. And I put it on a list in the order of the, how furthest the fastest it goes. And what that does is it mentally lets my mind release it. So I'm not out chasing squirrels and thinking I have to do something about that. It lets me focus and go forward in a strategic way. And the last thing that I would say because I get asked very often, how do I know if I've gotten my if I've gotten my North Star pinned down right? Is that uh, if it's all right, I'll share just a, a short test. Yeah. So here's this short test, and it's going to sound ridiculous, but it has a clear point. I promise. Ask yourself this: We, we all have things when we when we're trying to aim at our North Star that we go, oh, and I'm going to do this, and this is how I'm going to get there. And that's great. That excitement, that joy, that's fine. But if something is truly your North Star, then you would do anything to be able to get there. So ask yourself this, ask yourself if I figured out that the fastest way to move the furthest toward my North Star was to take the next year and move to Russia and break rocks with a sledgehammer, would I do it? And if your answer is no, I wouldn't, then it's not a bad thing. It just means you're probably not quite aligned yet because your resonance should be so strong with your North Star, with where you want to be and who and what you want to be known for and why you're doing it, that whatever you have to do, like that's the choice. If I figure out a way to be able to do the thing that moves me the fastest, then I'm going to go do that. And I, I use that ridiculous example because no one's going to pick that as something that they want to do. You can pick something else equally ridiculous. I've just found that one helpful. Mm, yep. Let me write that down. I love that. <laughs> I've been writing that a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Let me get back right here. Hey, here I am. <laughs> Sorry, people. I'm writing and I'm writing a lot. And I keep, I haven't, I think I haven't said at the beginning of the shows for the longest time, people, please make sure you got a pen and paper because uh, I kind of assume now that, <laughs> <laughs> that that's obvious. Um, just 
you know, that's that's the way. And especially get those golden nuggets that you think like, oh, this is the big one. Write it down. Make a freaking nice circle. Uh, <laughs> right. Wow. And then start taking action on that. And I will repeat it again in 10 minutes when we finish. Um, so, yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that coming coming out of just asking my interest of, you know, what's what's the Freedom Summit. Um, I, w- I want to completely change the subject for a second. All right, do it. And discuss this with you as well. Uh, I'll, I'll put it, let, let me, yeah, let me put it in context. So both my boys, they are swimming. They're taking swimming lessons, right? And the youngest one is three, the oldest one is six. The, 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 the six-year-old, he's just, man, he's a whatever <laughs> animal you want to come up with. He's uh, still with floats, floating devices, but I think they're going to come off very soon. Uh, so it's great. The other one is three. And we went in four or five days, actually kind of that strategy is saying, right? Just find out what's the next step that will make him reach that swimming and going in the water as fast as possible. So in four days, now he's going in the water all by himself, swimming around, still with the floating things, of course. So he's going to the swimming lessons. And the first lesson, they don't put on any floating devices, right? And they make him walk from one end to the other end. And another kid comes, pushes him, and I almost see him. Oh go man! Up. Right, exactly. So what happens? Papa Bear came out. <laughs> exactly. Papa Bear came out. <laughs> so here I am. Then they got the next class yesterday, and of course Papa Bear is still there a little bit, walking around. <laughs> you know, like you know, little bear. And today I had a conversation with the with the lady that. Uh, that I connected with at the reception just to make sure like, look, I'm not feeling right here. Right. Right. And I feel like my overprotectiveness is coming out and I don't think that's good for anybody. So right. let's talk. About this. But I'm just wondering from your end as in looking at like, how does a leader respond to this as a dad? Right. So mm-hmm. connecting that with that, how does one respond in a correct way to make sure that that Papa Bear, right, yeah. stays in a leadership position and making sure that this gets resolved, that is beneficial, uh, putting people first, as you mentioned as well, right? So making right. sure that everything ties together. What would be your response to that? Putting you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely putting me on the spot. I, I would tell you it's been a struggle of mine. My with with my son being on on the autism spectrum, I, man, he he got bullied when he was younger, and I saw a lot of stuff because he was so different. So I've been in I don't know what feels like thousands of those situations, mm-hmm. and and so I I think there's two pieces of the response. One is how do I how do I deal with and and represent and present in in front of and in relation to my son and two is how do i deal with the people who are there who in in my in my uh judgment at that moment might be failing to fulfill their responsibility right there's Mm -hmm. there's both of those and and in most cases the best answer is to as hard as it is to figure out how do i find objectivity and i I saw i'm gonna i'll give you the way that I have found, and I, it's actually a lesson from when I was out selling in homes uh, on, on a commission basis, we would we would present a price. And of course I've done, I'm straight commission at that point. So if I don't sell, I don't make any money. 
but I also am passionate about helping people. I've done this hour and a half presentation, which in my mind is probably pretty close to perfect. And I asked them to, 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 I asked them for the money. I'm like, I've earned it. Here it goes. Right. And I, and I put the price on the table and they say, I want to think about it. And all I want to do is come across the table and I'm like, what do you want to think about? You need to, you need to give me the money. It's time. And I found and, I, and I've taught for a lot of people that there's this idea of, and, and I do it as a parent, of inserting a device. And a, a device is an interrupt, is, is how you could think of it. So in that case, what I found is every time I would present the price and they would say something, before I allowed myself to say a word, I sat back and crossed my leg. It took me a half second to a second. It's all I really needed, but it let my brain engage and get out of the emotion. It, let, it made me take one deep breath and I got out of the emotion. And that, that, ob, that put me into a spot of objectivity that allowed me to exhale, breathe a little more calmly, and respond better. So mm -hmm. I've done the same thing. I do the same thing in karate because I, I don't love physical performance. I'm, I'm fine to go speak on stage, but performing physically, sounds like you're amazing at it. I was, I'm, I'm a little less so. So mm -hmm. I have this thing where I have my hands behind my back and we're waiting to be called up and I'll squeeze my hand and take a deep breath. And that like resets my mind and gives me that, gets me out of the emotion. So step one, I would say is that. I think step two is to ask questions instead of make statements. One of the things mm -hmm. that, I, that I train all of my clients is anything that is a, is a statement when you are trying to solve a problem is less likely to work. And if you can get someone else to say something, it's the gospel truth. But if you say it, it could be a lie. So I, I ask and turn something into a question and whether I'm asking myself or so that I can convince myself by answering it or whether I'm asking others. And I would, and I would say that the third is, and this is the, maybe the hardest one for me is to let the system work. That if I'm, that if I'm at a place where this is what they do, and they, and they do it hundreds and hundreds of times. Whatever I'm seeing is probably not the first time. And so if I can step back and maybe ask a question if I have a concern and turn it into that, but give a bit of the benefit of the doubt, as hard as that may be, that that'll help. I, I don't know that that's a great answer, ma'am, but that's what I've got. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it. I, I can pat myself on the back because I did all the three steps. So <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> Rock on, man. Good job. Yeah. But as you said, man, it, 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 it took me, um, yeah. It took me being in those positions, right? And uh, I, I've been very bad at it. I, I admit oh, it. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it now. I just think in this situation, I did it very good, and I still feel comfortable. So they invited me actually to next class, go in and sit right next to the to the to the top. And they actually invited me if I wanted to to jump in a pool with them um, to be firsthand to see how it goes. Knock those uh, other kids out of the way. <laughs> obviously teasing yeah I, know, I know that but it crossed my mind though <laughs> i sure it did i saw the look i am i gotta tell you man i remember being at like at my kids like second or third grade class and wanting to just walk over to this little this little eight-year-old me like that isn't gonna happen kid <laughs> I mean, I literally did, like, I had one kid, his teeth were in my son's arm, mm. right? I was standing there, and I took a breath. I looked at the moms. They did not respond. They looked back oh. at me, did not respond. So I grabbed the other kid by the hand and just pulled him off. Yep. And then my wife looked at me like, what the hell are you doing with that kid in your hand? Like, what the heck do you expect that I do? Yeah. And then she's like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, then they better respond because if not, I ain't going to have to. And I know it's, <laughs> I know yeah, it's not working. 
Hey, sure. Dad, sorry, man. Papa Bear came out. <laughs> so, Those are uh, some real-world parenting right there. <laughs> and then it's like, crap. Yeah, I know we shouldn't have done that. But, <laughs> Been there, man. Yeah, exactly right. We, we learn. And I, that's why I keep saying to people, man, that's why my business is not called Fearless Father. It's called Become a Fearless Father. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm with you. I know what it looks like, and I'm far away from it. And I hope you all appreciate that. So that's man, some you, right same thing, you know, leader, leaders must lead and I'm, I'm learning to be a leader every day. That's mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the things that's interesting is I think probably 10 or 15 years ago, and certainly when I was much younger as well, I was like, I, I was just convinced I knew everything. And now every day I get older is the day I realize how little, you know, I, I know there are things I know, which is good. And I feel fortunate to have learned it. But in the scope of thing, now I realize I know like 1%, 2%, you know, like I'm, I'm just trying to trying to grab onto more and be able to help people with it. But it's a long way from where I thought I where I thought I knew all the answers. Yeah, but that exactly that what you're saying right now is if we go back to the to the martial arts, that is what makes a great master, mm -hmm. right? Or Sifu sure. or Sensei or whatever you want yep, to call it. Yep, you're right. That makes a great one because those that think they know everything and teach in that exact way. I mean, they. I just I can't deal with that because it's, no, it's, I. I agree. I, I one of the practices I follow, I mentioned before, it's growth. Is that I'm committed to never. I believe you're either going forward, forward every day, or you're going backward. And if you think you're sitting still, you're sliding slowly backward. And I'm mm -hmm. committed never to have a single day in the rest of my life where I go backwards. So I follow this growth exercise. It takes me two minutes a day. I write down how I got better, what I learned, um, and if I don't have anything, I keep a book right next to it that I read, and then I write it down. And I find mm. that keeps me in that learning mindset and focused on getting, as we say at our jujitsu school, of getting 1% better every day. And if you do that, you'll crush the world, man. Just like if you show up early everywhere, 15 minutes early to everywhere, you'll crush the world. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Matt, I got a nice story about 15 minutes, but we're up in an hour, so <laughs> we'll, do that. we'll do that when we're done here. Um, listen, well, see, the book thing is not going to happen. We're in an hour. Um, I have tons of questions. I'm sure other entrepreneurs that are listening to us live right now or will um, will be listening later on to the podcast or, or the, the YouTube recording. How, what's the best way? Like we have the, we got this Facebook page. We just heard about uh, Dreams Are Real, right? Yep. Coming out soon. So yeah, it'll be in the next two days. So it'll be, it'll awesome. be by, by the end of the weekend, that group will launch off of this Facebook page. My new website, but I have a I have a website, leadersmustlead.com. Right now, it is just a little bit, uh, it's just a little corporate. It looks that way, but in the next week, it will be relaunching new and shiny. So those are good ways to get a hold of me. But the fa Facebook, I, I spend a lot of time there, and I am very responsive. Glad to jump in. Always glad to help and engage. And I will also within two weeks be my own podcast. Dreams are real. Will be launching. So catch me there as well. Awesome. And, awesome. and man, I, I got to tell you, I, I said it before. I want it bears reiterating the work you are doing in the world matters. And you are you are making a difference. The, the manner in which you engage and connect and speak with people and, and just your authenticity is so powerful. Thank you for what you're doing, man. I appreciate that. Well, and thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you. Um, thank you again for taking an hour to sit with me and listen to me and uh, answer my questions. Um, <laughs> um, I put you on the spot as well. You, you still rocked it. So I appreciate that. Everybody else, thank you so much for spending an hour with your of your time. Um, if you're listening to the recording, maybe you even pressed it faster so you only had to listen half an hour. I still appreciate you. And here's my 
lesson that I'm, that's the way I finish right now is if there's a golden nugget that you got here from Dan and you're like, that's it, write it down, circle it. But most importantly, take action, right? If it's not today, then make sure that it's tomorrow, but just right away, take action. So you get that done and make progress. If it's 1%, that's what we're going for. Every single day, 1%. This might be your 1% that's just going to make you move 20%, right? You never know. So take action, people. I appreciate you all. Uh, Dan, staying on for a couple of more seconds. I got some more questions for you when we're done. Everybody else, have an amazing day. I appreciate you all, and I'll talk to you soon. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out. You got no time for yourself to work out, read, or relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy, and confident? Spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams. You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with, and you're just running around from one storm into the next. Well, it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls.